This is May 1st at IMS, and this is discussion group D. So the first group, you want to just raise your hand so Matat said I can get a glance. experience to report and then a question that I think might be related. I'm not sure. I'm still investigating. Okay. So last night in the middle of the night, I woke up suddenly from a strange dream and awareness was just really strong and clear and just present. And I was awake. And it just seemed that the awareness was, I had this very strong sense that the awareness uh, has no preferences. And I mean, I know that, you've been saying that, but I had this very strong <coughs> experiential sense of it. Yeah, and I was awake for, I don't know how long. Yeah. So the question that I have has to do it has to do with metta. You talked about this in the hall also. So a couple of days before, I was having lots of uh, comparing and judging, you know, of all the just typical at a retreat, oh, I like the way that person bows, I don't like the way that person walks, you know, the typical stuff like that. And it's a, it's a habit pattern that I've sort of developed here at IMS of doing metta for everybody, you know, just as you pass somebody, you just, you know, think maybe well. And so... And that sort of counteracts that, that judging and comparing. But you said not to do the metta. So I thought, all right, well, all right. It, it, it felt odd not to do the metta because it sort of is a habit now. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do it. And so then I was just with the judging and the comparing, which is, is you know, painful. And I thought, okay, yeah, good. All right, I get to see this and have a chance to let it play out a little bit. And it did. It sort of, you know, worked its way out. So I, I guess my question is, the awareness is has no preferences. Also, in the hall today, you said, don't follow the objects, you know, which is great. I love that. That was great. So it just seems like everybody's walking around as an object, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and I'm not... I'm not relating to them in a in a warm, caring way. I, it, it just feels like that would that can't be right, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm okay. just I'm trying to work with the two different ideas and see how they go together, and I'm just not quite sure. Okay. you know what? You know what? The the account, the account, anything matu job. He just wants to point out to you, you know, when you woke up and the awareness was really good and it had no preferences, he said it wasn't your awareness. That was awareness itself. Right. Yes. Yes. And um, not wrong. Tu me go a palace, Rob. Uh, was he up your head? 
ไม่ตาท้าโหไม่จูซาเนี่ยสีหลาวตีเล่หลาวจูซาเออตัวดีอายมะดีมาอาท่องตัวโอ้ลูไรลูเบเรโอ้สิงคโปร์มาลุซี
He says every time we see, we have no control of the reaction because we don't know that seeing is just seeing. Number one. Second, the reaction. He says we are not skillful at watching reactions and understanding them for what they are. We don't know what motivates them, the thoughts that uh, that bring them on and all. We haven't seen that process, and so they just happen to us, and we are sort of powerless. Um, but it takes time. Yeah. So the relationship, you said, relating to the object, the object, the people out there, they're the conceptual objects. They're not our objects. The relationship that you're interested in is the relationship to the objects inside yourself. And the objects are your mind, your state of mind, the defilements, the wisdom, your awareness. Those are the relationships that you want to take care of. And he says, and you see how the people out there, the concepts, they're not doing anything. They're just minding their own business. But this mind is not minding its own business and it's causing itself trouble. This is the relationship that we want to take care of and that's what this practice is about. <coughs> he says, who makes us unhappy? Yeah, this mind, this mind. Yeah, this mind and what it does when it does it wrong. Yeah, that's what we want to see, realize. He said, We can send matter. He said, We can send it's not going to take away the root of why this suffering arises. There's a temporary end to suffering or there an ultimate end to suffering, but you have to pay the price. Some things come easier, it's cheaper. Some things come, you know. You have to pay a higher price for something more valuable. So, so if you don't see it, you don't have a chance to work with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and ultimately realize yeah. something that will free you. Yeah. He says, you know the, the cause of suffering, the second noble truth? He says, you will never understand the cause of suffering unless you go through the suffering. He says, on the middle path, there is no flyover <coughs> or underpass. You have to go through the town. Yes. That makes us more mature, he says. We understand. He says there are practices, you know, that we can use to make us feel better in the moment. But he says there are temporary fixes, plaster, bandage. Yeah. So then when when I'm here and everybody else is here, we're interacting, you know, someone sits down next to me at the dining table. They're just, it's... I'm just not relating to it at all. Is that the instruction? Is to relate to you. Yeah. What what your feelings are, even though it's 
projected onto that person. Right. Right. So, if you're a man, 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 you're a he says, you, you don't, you may not want to, but your mind is already relating. Yeah, so that's what the awareness wants to relate to. Yeah, you don't want to try and fix the relationship that is, is already happening. You want to, to be aware of what is happening. So for example, he says, Somebody's eating next to you, and your perception is that they seem quite greedy, and it annoys you. Why does the mind get annoyed? Why does? Yeah. He says because they're doing something wrong. They should be suffering. Why are you suffering? <laughs> <laughs> but if someone gets up and, and leaves the hall because they're coughing terribly, mm-hmm. you know, and you and you know, the thought comes up. Oh, I hope I hope they're okay. That's spontaneous. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, right. So I mean, I guess I, that's the kind of that's the kind of thing when I'm I'm talking about the meta or the you know the, when you're interacting with people and you're just wishing them well. Um, yeah, not as an antidote to the judging and the yeah right, yeah. but just as a sort of a way of being. Just know that in the community. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my that that Whatever comes spontaneously to the mind, that you just know. Because we're not we're not here to fix anything, right? We're just here to observe what comes up by itself naturally. Yes. Well, we are we learning process. We love digital. Yeah, fastener is a learning process. You can learn about that, mind too. Yes. Yes, I. Yes, I find that uh, when I. Uh, when I'm with the um, awareness that it's uh, it's not real clear if I don't have any object, mainly the, the breathing or the body. Um, Sorry. And then when I'm, when <laughs> Sorry, I'm, could I get you to repeat yourself? Pardon? Could I just get you to repeat oh, yourself? Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. When I'm doing the practice, <clears throat> yes. I find that if I don't have an object like the, the breath or the body, Mm. That uh, I don't have the same clarity. Um, mm. That I t- it tends. I feel like it's more like it's coming in my head. Mm. Uh, I feel like when I'm with the breath or the body or the sit bones or you know, mm. I have that grounding. Uh, it feels more intimate. It feels more um, visceral, more palpable. Um, I, I once had a retreat about two years ago and, and tried to just do the being aware. And I would sit in the meditation hall and kind of look at the, the Buddha or the flowers and so forth and just try to just note seeing, note being with, with whatever was there. 
and uh, uh, so it was like an experiment, and it was it was it wasn't as it's not as fruitful again as, as being uh, grounded in the body. Or the, mm. the other side of that is too that it, when I'm on a retreat and I'm strictly with the breathing or the the body, yeah. I often get very sleepy. Oh. I often, uh, so although you feel grounded, it, me? so although it makes you feel grounded, but you do get sleepy as well. I can get sleepy. You me. can get sleepy, yeah. Um, I, I think that's kind of like an undercurrent of my practice, though, the sleepiness. I think that happens. It just it just happens a lot with the practice. At the end of the day, usually, um, usually after a meal. After a meal. Yeah. But not in the evening. No, never in the evening. Not in the morning. Uh, sometimes in the morning, but not you know, usually. My practice is kind of built up so the time the evening comes. I do a lot of better in the evening. Okay. It's very vivid. Uh, and the sitting is very. I have a lot of insights, and it's it's a lot more. There's more depth to it. But more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess my question again is: is mm-hmm. uh, should I continue working with just? trying to be aware without that object or should I incorporate that or what should I do? I don't know what to do. No, I don't know what to do. To answer the question, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. เอริหาวไงเตลุรอมะเปียวตูอะลุซานอซันจีเรเรลุงเงินตุนิกาตูลาลามะติอะสวยตูเมียซีพุ่นบรอเรโอพะยาเซนุบารุจีบรอดาเ
what you're eating or how much you're eating that's affecting that. Or he says you could also watch the mind during this during the time after you eat, you know during the sits after you eat to check what the mind is doing that's exactly sending it into that mode. There's not any particular. It doesn't seem like there's any particular reason. So you've been investigating. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. He says, when you're at home uh-huh. and you've had your afternoon meal, do you usually take a nap? I take a nap every afternoon. Okay. Oh. That I'm might sorry. be the reason. I take a nap in the afternoon and then in the evening I'm very clear. Yeah, that might be the reason you might... When I get up in the morning, late in the morning, I also, I also have sleepiness and it's, it's just something I've been working with. And I, I stand up, I... I uh, Open my eyes. I, uh, I try to investigate. I try to stay with it. เสียดีแล้วสิเสียชินจริงเสียกันไทม์ไลน์นั่นแหละชินจริงเสียกันไทม์ไลน์นั่นแหละชินจริงเสียกันไทม์ไลน์นั่นแหละชินจริงเสีย
so there's two things here. First, he said um, earlier that you, so you can try. Well, you said that you do. You have investigated while you're sleepy, you know. So he had said that I you think investigate. A lot of what happens is that, that I, I kind of just get in the zone, and I, I'm with the breathing and with the breathing and so forth. But I, I'm not really investigating a lot. But what happens is that I, I just kind of, I get sleepy, and I don't. I, I try to investigate, but then I just kind of. I'm seduced into it. Yeah, so he said maybe... It's not so much about the meals, I don't think, as much as it is just a matter of... The habit pattern of the mind, maybe. Something like that. He says, maybe ask questions. So you need to activate the mind. Uh So you need to actually actively get the mind to do something. So investigating actively, rather than just looking to investigate, maybe ask a question, Mm -hmm. ask several questions, you know, in that state of mind to try and... The other thing he said is that he, what he really doesn't like about yogis getting sleepy is that sleepiness in sitting becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. So he would rather that if a yogi is sleepy in a sit, they've tried to investigate it and they can't do it, he'd rather they get up. Um, because, like he said, the mind is a habit pattern. If we always allow the mind to be sleepy in every sit, he said, it can almost become like the mind takes sitting to be a time to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's the other danger that he really wants to avoid. There was a a yogi who, very strong faith sort of person, and um, the yogi wanted to do all-night sits. And... He would faithfully do the sitting, but he really didn't have enough uh, awareness to be that alert and awake throughout the night. And so he would spend most of the night bodily sitting, but mentally sleeping. So, you know, he'd be like falling over in his sleep and stuff. But it got so chronic that then in his daytime sits, he was also sleepy all the time. So it became a chronic pattern for the mind to sleep in a sit. Yeah, so just to avoid that. Uh, actually, earlier, yes. Thank you. Um, hi, thank you. I'm, I'm probably going to bring up an object again. Sorry, because I know that I brought that up last time. Um, so the one something happened the other day in the, the mindfulness movement meditation class. Um, like I went in and I was fine. And then when the class started, like, this is not me, okay? I don't do this type of thing. <laughs> but um, I, like, like when we were breathing and stuff, and I just totally started crying big time and, um, like, so couldn't stop. And um, it's, now it's funny talking about, chron- I don't know if this is a word, chronicity, of things because it's like this chronic, um, I had like, it's embarrassing to say, I had like a lot of trauma growing up and like very early 
very early childhood all the way to early adulthood, you know, and um, so I, and definitely my growth was stunted in a lot of ways, not intellectual, but emotional, whatever. Um, and so what happens sometimes is I don't try to think this. It just comes to me that, like, I'll get a flash memory of something really horrible, like, oh, my God, that was awful. Um, or just knowledge of certain rejection from family and kind of feeling not wanted and wishing I was never born or maybe left on a rock to die because that would have been, like, you know, if you don't want me, leave me on a rock. So, um, so these thoughts come and feelings and I, I, I don't think I feed them. You know, and, and sometimes I'll be out in public and I'll see a mom with her baby and she's all happy and all that. And I'm like, dang, you know, I never experienced that. I, what, you know, what must that be like? And it makes me sad and like, I've been doing my homework. And um, I know that like emotional pain is emotional pain and it's not my pain and other people have pain and... I wasn't sold into slavery by my parents, and I didn't become a child soldier. You know, I totally get that. Um, and then, like in the other book, it says the past is the past. You stop it. Get over it. That's done. The thing of it is, is like I, I feel like this thing is kind of in my bones. You know what I mean? And it's like it's like affected sort of, I guess, every aspect of my life in a really negative way. And so my question is, God, there was something in there. I think it's a beta now. Yes. Is that like getting rid of it? No. I don't know. Oh, you know, okay, I'm just learning. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm wondering, is it possible that like I'm subconsciously attached to this narrative and this pain? And so why in the world would I be? Because it's awful. And... Mm. Um, so yeah, is there attachment there? And and um, since I don't want to live the rest of my life this way, and I don't have to, because no one's like calling me names or anything. How do I do that? How do I get yeah. done with this thing? To um. To Nenge Ligria, Muiga Zala Korea, Nene Lu Pilati, Lu Jing Lau Pilati, to Mitazu Miba Pima, or to Malojin Lula Matu. Mahoy let my baby to Rukurai Doda Pilam, to the Gapura Sassana, Miai Pipikanga, or to. ตัวมาชิปุลุขันซาเลยมาชิดาเลยมะกาวมะโลจิงลุขันซาเลยโอ้ Sarah, 
ตุติลงเอรู้ว่าผิดแค่เลยหาเรียตุเนี่ยเงยล่ะเสียทุนนี่เลยเงยล่ะได้ขึ้นแล้วฟ้ามาตาตบ้าบ้าไปฟ้
what is very important is the present moment because the present moment allows you to recondition the mind. And so you're feeding the mind with a new practice, which is to, to bring in right view. Although theoretically at first, you keep bringing in the right view, you're reconditioning the mind, you're bringing in awareness. And with time, when this mind stream has, when this practice has grown strong enough, it then allows the other one to get deconditioned and a new condition to arise, which is seeing it with right view. And that will come. <laughs> ตะคุกกับพงไลรอดิเดเวชั่นเปียเมียวกว่าเตียจ้องลาเดียละอัดถูกตรงนี้เราชอบที่ตะเวชั่นปูนเปียวกว่าอืมได้ว่ะไล่
unhappy things in the mind. He says it's actually a condition for the clearing of these unhappy things from the mind. He says if you can't unearth them, they remain in the mind and they sort of play havoc at a, a subconscious level. You know, so, so our, our externally, we don't know, but we're sort of governed by them. We're, we're, but he says the unearthing of them is the opportunity to actually see them and, and, and through the practice have them be released. Yeah. So when they and resolved. Yes. Hmm? What do I do at that moment? Yeah. You know, like, like, what do I do? Do I just like feel? Right, right view that too, yoga. You, you need to bring in the right view. So, so remember the three things he says. Bring in right view first. Remind yourself, this is this is the mind and then and then be aware of it um, and continue to bear, be aware of it if you find it getting difficult remind yourself again yeah. remind yourself again uh, so you have to work with it uh, slowly a little at a time he said at other times that you know if you find it too difficult you need to switch to a neutral object to calm the mind down again before you face it so you need to use all these different strategies and you need to be patient because it's so strategy is very important in med- in meditation. So it's like um, sort of using your intelligence to to like what's the best thing to do now and, and thinking about the different things that he's he's taught. Um, they. I don't know if this is a helpful story. It's about someone who discovered something in a retreat. <coughs> so about um, seven years ago, he was on a retreat, and there was this man who had traumatic memories of being in the war, the Vietnam War. I believe it was the Vietnam War, um, of the, you know, of of all the you know the horrible memories of that time no not the war I think he was abused when he was a child abused yeah. yes I think he was abused when he was a child and it was horrible he said he, he was he was married he had children but he he said when those memories came up it was hell um, and every time he went for a retreat you know he says he, he he knew the practice helped him at the same time every time he went for a retreat he says Three, four days into the retreat, these things would come up, and he says, and it would just shatter his mind. And he would spend the whole retreat struggling with it. Um, I think he just got lucky on that retreat. He, he, you know, he was practicing. He started telling the teacher about this. And the teacher has this thing. When people tell him the stories, he says, you don't need to tell me the story because the reality is that the mind is thinking. The story is not real. So, um, and he'd heard the teacher say this to other people. And that day, he had tried to tell the teacher the story, and then he had stopped himself. He had stopped himself, and then. Um, uh, no, uh, and then he had stopped himself, 
and the teacher had given his usual advice, you know, look at the mind, the thinking is just thinking and etc. Um, and after the in- interview, he, when he walked out of the room, he started kicking himself for not telling his story. He was like, why did I not tell the story? You know, he's, you know he, feel, he feels pent up, he wants to, to let it out. And the teacher has this other thing that when you tell your story again and again, every time you tell it, it's like every time you think about it. You feel the feelings afresh every time you think about it and the same when you talk about it. So that's why he won't tell, let people tell their stories. And um, so he was walking down the hill, he was walking down the, and he was saying all this to himself and he said out of the blue his mind thought and if you had told him the story what would he have said? That's what his mind said to him. If you had yeah, told right, the teacher the story... Right thought, right thought, right thought. So it, it was like a right thought. Just spontaneously his mind thought because he was in a real fury in his mind and if you had told him what would he have said? And his mind said thinking is just thinking. And he said in... Object is object. This is nature and watch it. object is object. And he said it was like the the earth moved. It was like and suddenly it clicked, he said. His mind suddenly saw it. It was just a thought. And he said it was incredible because suddenly the thoughts were there and he was free. He did not feel anything about it. It was clear that they were just thoughts and he was here. And that's all they were. They had, they were not him anymore. And he came back the next day and told the teacher this whole story. Yeah. <laughs> but he was really happy. Retreat, I know, yeah, do any power. So, it's a good, so it's a good sign, he says. When they come up, it's hard to go through, but it is what you need to work with to become free of it. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> now, oh my God, oh my object. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear what he said? <laughs> he said, not oh my God, he said, oh my object. He says, that's why we do need to begin to understand the mind. If we don't understand the mind, then we are at its mercy, whether it gives us happiness or unhappiness. But when we understand it, it's better. A follow-up question to the discussion now, and then I have my own. Um, in, in your story about the man going down the hill, and he realizes thoughts were thoughts, um, does the same thing work if, with really powerful fear, for example? Well, it's not a story, but it's actually... It's just a visceral really fear. ripping the mind. And you don't really know why there's the mind. No, well, it doesn't matter why. Am I feeling, feeling, feeling in it? Yeah. Yeah. Feeling, I'm feeling, man. Yeah. Then a feeling is just a feeling. Just harder. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> to do it. It's all the same. All of them is nature. All of them are. Yeah, I see. Feeling, an object. Do it. Do it. Object, man. Feeling is an object. Thoughts are objects. All the same value. Who's that? 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 Who's that?
He had something like that when he was having depression. He had a bit of paranoia and every time he walked through Chinatown in Burma, that particular street where he'd done all his vices, he he was filled with remorse. But it tor- tormented him. And he, every time he walked through that street, he said he would be... F- uh, all the thoughts of blaming himself, the feeling of heaviness, all the, the unhappiness would come back to him and, and the depression, you know, really strong. And it was um, one of those times walking through that street. But at that time, he'd been practicing a long time at home, like continuously for... He'd been practicing... He'd been practicing continuously at home about one and a half years or so. Mm-hmm. And he said that day, walking through that street, the same feelings came up. And he looked at the thought, and suddenly the mind knew it was just a thought. And then he was free. And then it never happened again. He could walk that street freely. Yeah. <laughs> he says, once it's truly deeply understood, <laughs> then that thought doesn't, um, you know, can't hurt you anymore. But until we understand that thought is just a thought. The memory may not disappear, he says, because memory is a function of the mind. It'll just, you know, it, it may never go away. But the defilement that accompanies the memory, the defilement that's making us suffer, when, it, when wisdom arises about it, then wisdom kicks the defilement out. The defilement doesn't have a root anymore. There's understanding, then that memory doesn't hurt us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He says, when we don't understand that, sometimes we hide our memories and then they come up just when we're going to die or something, when we're most vulnerable, (laughs) when we're helpless. I had an experience similar to um, yours. I can't remember your name. Um, no names. No names. Okay, I, but I had a, a similar experience where um, the mind became so clear and so light, light in the sense of not heavy, mm. not not light dark, but light yeah. and not yes. heavy. Yes, and um, and with a lot of with, with a lot of energy. And it was, it, I conceptualized it as a field uh-huh. of energy in which I was just one part of it. Yeah. And it lasted for a long time, mm-hmm. like the day, most of the day. And then I thought, well, tomorrow will be a, a new day. <laughs> and actually, it was there the next day. <laughs> Surprise. And kind of um, mellow, but subtler and more gentle and lighter. But you were aware all the time. Yeah, it was easier very, to be aware at that time. Very day. much aware. Yeah. And those days, it was interesting how the days would go. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, I would be sitting, and I would just know when it was time to stop sitting. And then I would just go to walk. And there wouldn't be any question when to stop and when to start. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, flowing with a great deal of ease. And, uh, like, developments would come up. But they would be in the spaciousness of this field, and it would be, I could just work with them. You would know them. them, yeah. Uh, today was a new story. 
Yes, and um, stop. Okay. Yeah, for a while. Yeah. To hold your tummy a bit. To hold your blood pressure a little. To take a pop out of it. Are you still there? Tira, tira. The power of your tummy. I say, ma, to a row, to a pinjani, ne, who sugar lo, to a man, ne. I sugar ka, ko a di sugar ya say pain to kuba. To a row let her like this, right? Pero ma. ไอ้ชูกว่าแต่มาอกองลงตีหลุดเลยนี่แหละอัตตะนี่ก็ผิดเลยเออตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวตัวต
Yeah. Come with that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so it's been, you know, like first, you know, no energy, and then restless, restless, and then this, that, this, that. And I wonder about schedule because suddenly I don't know. You know, <laughs> like the decision about when I should start Everything is a learning process, so you can do it. You can do whatever you like, just be aware through all that and learn whether it works for you or not. Yeah. Only one thing, do not try to get back to that state. That's not what you're practicing for. Yeah, he says then no matter how you practice, you won't get it back. Yeah. yeah, because wrong attitude. Yeah. yeah. So not not for that purpose. I don't know how to meditate. Today I don't know how to meditate. There was a yogi. At the center, she had it very good for one day. She came to the teacher and said it was effortless, the practice was doing itself. She said, if the practice went on like this, she said, I can practice my whole life, no problem. Teacher said, good. The next day she came, she said, Saido, I don't know how to practice meditation. Yeah. <laughs> He says, and what we need to learn from this is that there's two kind of two kinds of awareness. There, uh, not two kinds of awareness, two kinds of effort uh, that bring awareness. There is our personal effort. When we're beginning the practice, when we're starting again, he says, we put an effort to be mindful. That's the basic. I'm trying to be mindful. And then there is the, you've been practicing for some time and the mind gains momentum. The awareness gains momentum. And when the awareness gains momentum, it's effortless. It's not you practicing anymore. The mind is, the uh, momentum has carried the awareness. Effortless means a personal effortless. In, into so a, natural effort, people. Yeah, so that's natural effort. That's the Dharma doing its own work. The mind's momentum. It's like the defilements have momentum. You've practiced enough awareness to give the awareness some momentum now. So it's doing, it's freewheeling, like on a bike, you know? The momentum is freewheeling. Um, but it, it fades away because we haven't given it so much momentum that it will go on for a lifetime, right? We've only got this much practice going on. And so it fades away. He says... But you know what happens when yogis fall off, when the momentum dies off? He says, then when they start trying to practice again like that yogi, saying she doesn't know how to practice, it's because they're trying to practice to get back into that natural effort phase. But you can't do that. That happens by Take time. That takes time. It has to be built into that flow. So the yogi needs to start again with personal effort. I need to 
square one. So in a natural effort situation, when there's momentum, he says, the yogi doesn't have to put in more effort. But when once that, that momentum is gone, the yogi needs to start again simply, put in effort again, to be mindful again. Yeah. So making decisions, just do that effort. Yeah, error. And just be aware of what you're doing. Very simply, start again. Yeah, just simple, start again, start again yeah. with everything. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, start again. Yes. <laughs> Simply start again. Mr. Goenka, I love you. Do I start again? Start again. Simply start. 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 Simply so for me, I use scanning to get back in my body when I'm scattered. Um, so what I wanted to talk about was speech, because last year I asked you about speech, that I couldn't do right speech, and you said practice. <laughs> so it's been two years, <laughs> and I've practiced. I got your luck. So I made a few discoveries. Um, one is if I'm, I'm doing a lot of speaking without checking in, my mind, and I'll speak a lot, my mind will get that state of just restlessness. It'll match, it seems to match my speech. If, uh, if I'm being careful, my mind slows down. If I'm not, my mind just gets very active. So that's one thing I noticed. To... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. To stop your to say the bell way to Kanako Kanzam body scanning love them. Number to pure Lungaranaka Uzio to mirror right switch below Luam Lesser Uzio to practice Lokainere. Not to look at Gunanishi. To Sagapura and Pura and the Ritami to Twitter to Sagapura to Mialabi, Piojin as all Mialabi say, Saka agitation pillari. Hey, Saka agitation are to pure the love. อาจิเรเนี่ยแมทช์ผิดเลยตัวตรีทาบีปยอนเนี่ยเลยเอ่ออะไทน์ตันเนี่ยปยอเลยซึ่งเซกาปูญเยนเนี่ยปูนี่เ
it helps me to know, like one of the ways to tell myself to know that I'm present is to just feel my body as I'm speaking mm -hmm. and to slow down, to chop it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ways I found to be able to even do that is spend a lot more time alone, um, gathering myself, um, mm -hmm. being quiet. And um, so I found that to be helpful. Um, and also, like, I notice when I'm with people, it's harder to do that. You know, of course, I have to speak when I'm with people, but it's harder to be aware when I'm with people. And then if I go to the bathroom and we, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I'm in the bathroom, and then I remember, oh, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my cue, like, for some reason, being by myself, I'm able to gain more awareness and then bring that into, try to bring that into my day. Mm -hmm. ตูเอ่อลูเรเนซกาเปียวเองเนี่ยโอตูบาตุ้ยแลสรอดีตะดิทาบุทาผิดผู่ตูบาโลแลสรอดตูเตียวแท้ผู่เนบุจูซาเล
the shame, the critical mind. You you know the critical mind, and then you make a new determination. Next time I speak, I'm going to try again. I'm going to this is so you set up your strategy for the next time you speak, and you do this over and over again every time. Mm. Yeah. Um, one last point is when I when I am in my body and I speak, it can feel very tight. You know, sometimes very yeah. tight. So I'm really struggling. It's not my it's not my pat, my groove. So it's kind of like try. It's kind of like you're. You're digging a new groove, yeah. so it feels, ugh. <laughs> anyway, um, but I say to myself, I'd rather have a little, like, tenseness with doing it and maybe looking a little funny than, um, and feeling peaceful that I, I hadn't, because I'm able to be more careful mm. than to just, you know, feel more comfortable and just blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. Yeah. Who have your... To Zagapiolu, the Ditares win, the Catlitine, Basso, good Tani Jam Hole, Nabro Dilotani Jam Hole, Caraiso, it was a guy, a pure, a pure, mommy, mommy, pee, now diary. Then how do you know the Tin? A Tin, Damatu, Tuko, who meow no better, Dimiao, to meow, who bet, Sinija, Dimiao, meowed it too near, and a Tuko to Bolo, Sinzales, Mohore, Dilo Tina, Kisamashi, yes, Dilo, Kanat, Imbro, Noma Tatara, Pocane, Dima Tatar, Nebro, Noma Docayota, Eloka. Yeah, so this is right effort. This is right effort, so yeah. No, we're silent. New Zealand, we're pure again, no? Yeah. No, we're silent, we become low, we're pure. Yeah. He says, um... No, we're silent, it's a... We're pure again, we're pure again. Yeah. You know, we're all all on noble silence, right? And he's talked about this in the Australian and the New Zealand retreat. And um, he had an idea to do this on this retreat, but not yet. So he said rather than do noble silence, he had an idea to ask the yogis to do eight precepts. But not um, the eight precepts like not eating in the evening, but they call it the eight precepts of daily living, I think, um, which is... um, to take the normal five precepts and to expand the Musavada, the fourth precept, and to expand that into its um, detail. And the expanded detail is four. Um, so no harsh speech, no slander. Um, no lying, that's the obvious one. And the last one is no idle chatter or gossip. Gossip, not Idle chatter, idle chatter, yes. And, um, that's very powerful. He says, because if we really look at those four, especially the idle chatter, and we look to see whether we're making idle chatter or we're saying something that's of use right now, he says, it reduces our speech incredibly. He says, rather than say we can't speak, he says it's a more useful practice, um, a more beneficial practice if we actually 
um, learn to look before we speak and then decide whether we're, it's going to be beneficial to speak, whether it's timely, the right person, right time, it's, and whether it's idle chatter and, and so on, the four, um, the right speeches. Um, he says, unfortunately, most of the time when he gives out this sort of instruction, people don't spend much time uh, checking mature, in. Mature people. Yeah, not mature, so mature, mature yet. Yeah. And we're just not skillful at it because we haven't practiced. Do He says, <laughs> he says, actually, he should tell people to talk, but with the right, with the right speech, which means that they must first be free of harsh speech, slander, uh, lying, and idle chatter. He says, and then he wants to see what they have left to say. <laughs> he says, when in life we find ourselves always needing to talk. He says, when we don't, even if it's just right speech, he says, people think we're crazy to be not engaging in. Pleasantries, yes. He says, so, um, unfortunately, it leaves us bereft of the opportunity to practice Mindfulness while speaking. <laughs> talking meditation, no, no chance. No talking meditation. Yeah, so that's why. In the last three or four days, in the last three or four days of this retreat, he will, in some morning sitting, say that people should start speaking with mindfulness and right speech. Yeah. When I first started. Being really careful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People okay. were like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he got that. Yeah, yeah. yeah define yeah. minutes when you are okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he says it's true. People, when he says when you're full of defilements, people feel like you're normal. Yeah, you're okay. And when you're <laughs> trying to use wisdom, people feel like you're crazy. <laughs> That's what happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> his, his relatives would go to his face and say, Are you crazy? Yeah, he says that, that's the view, you know, when the defilement, the def- view of the defilements and the view of wisdom is just opposite. Okay. In the Satipatthana Sutta, he says uh, it is specifically instructed in the Satipatthana Sutta. Um, together with everything else, that when speaking, be aware that you are speaking. He says, in the practice of meditation, he says, you know, there is physical activity, there's verbal activity, and there's mental activity. If we train our mental activity to be full of awareness and wisdom, he says, then it filters down into the speech, the verbal activity, and it filters down into our physical activity. Yeah. 
little upside down, Yahoo choose. Yeah, the, the, the grand plan of meditation, he says, um, is to um, still use the, active, the actions that we are capable of, you know, <laughs> body, speech, and <coughs> mind, uh, but to replace the motivations for them. So our whole life, we're usually um, thinking, speaking, and talk, uh, thinking, speaking, and doing with defilements, mostly. He says, and the grand plan is to turn that upside down on its head and, and be thinking, speaking, and doing with a wholesome and wise mind. Yeah. But to do just with, with wisdom. Yeah. And wholesome. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, so yesterday you said you want to know a little bit about us. Um, so two things that have happened to me on the retreat. Um, I'm uh, my job in the kitchen is a pot washer, pot washer, and um, I realized when doing that I felt very a lot of agitation and a lot of energy, and so I started thinking, well, so what can I do to calm that down? And then I started realizing that that was just an object to be known. It wasn't to be changed. Mm. And so I just started just doing that yeah. and became much more accepting of it. Mm. Um, and the other thing is uh, this afternoon when I was sitting, I was having a good sit. And so I didn't want to stop sitting. Yeah. And I realized I was really greedy. Mm. And so I stopped. <laughs> so that because I didn't want I didn't want to sit from a place of greed, you know, thinking. Oh. Stop Yeah, he says um, when you you might stop two things. You might stop sitting, but you continue practicing, so you continue to be aware. Or the other option is you see the greed, and maybe the greed goes away. Then you could. You have the choice to continue sitting because there's no yes. more greed. Yeah. No more greed, yeah. Okay. If yeah. there's no more greed, you can eat the shrimp. Yeah, no one can eat the shrimp. No one can eat the shrimp. No one can eat I'll tell you the story. Um, he says, um, so long as greed is not there, we can do anything we want and continue what we were doing just now with greed. The greed is not there anymore. So I just want to tell the story now um, that we've told in a different group already. Um, Susa told this to me. I wasn't there at the center at, this t- at the time this happened, but I thought it was a great story for situations like yours. And um, this yogi, long-time meditator, she told the teacher about how that morning for breakfast she had seen shrimp, and she liked shrimp. Mm-hmm. And then she launched into, she launched into her, uh, how she watched her mind. So she watched the mind, and she, she talked in detail. She said, it, for some time, about the reactions in her mind, how she watched it, and then how it changed, and she watched then how it changed, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then she said, you know, and after that, she said, then she passed the shrimp. And the teacher said, you didn't eat the shrimp? <laughs> and she was like, no. He was like, you didn't eat the shrimp? It's like, eat the shrimp! You've already seen the mind, you've seen the greed, you've seen what it does, and the greed is gone, eat the shrimp! <laughs> So that's helpful. I have two choices. I can yeah. get up and walk, I can practice, yeah, right. or I can sit without the greed. Right. Yeah. So I have um, two questions. Um, 
it's not uncommon that I have a lot of sleepiness on retreat. Mm. Um, and so the first couple of days that was happening. And so what I noticed, and I spoke with Andrea yesterday, and I noticed is that the sit after our last group interview and the sit after talking to you, um, I was very awake. Mm. And, um, and this afternoon uh, after lunch, uh, I laid down to rest my back and was meditating and there was a lot of thinking going on and then I fell asleep and when I woke up just for a few minutes all that thinking was gone and I, I was realizing that I think for myself the connection is that when I'm falling asleep there's some defilement happening that I'm not wanting to see and so I'm just falling asleep or living seeing the defilement and so I think I'm in a place if this makes sense where I'm no longer so afraid of falling asleep and just see it as an object. Mm. Just the sleepiness as an object. I can report back what happens with that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 ตูตะดิไทเนี่ยอตุ้ยเนี่ยอเมียนเนี่ยไอ้เปียวว่าเลยเนี่ยโน้ลาเราขนาดเลยอตุ้ยเนี่ยชินเนี่ยขนาดเ
He says you already gave your answer after asking the question. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right? Yes, you. Yeah. So just to try to uh, be really. To not be blissed out, not just enjoying the show, but right. really be there. So one thing that happens when that happens is what Ajahn Sumedho calls the sound of silence. Mm. It's kind of buzzing mm. in their ears. Mm. It gets really, really loud. Mm. Um, I've never heard anybody but him talk about that. I'm not even sure if there's a question about it. It's loud. Do you listen to it? Do you pay attention to it? Objectively. Objectively. How does the mind react? It's not unpleasant, I'm just aware of that. If you don't like it, it'll get worse. Do we want to sit or do we want to meditate or be aware? Want to meditate Want to meditate is sadda, faith. Um, want to meditate, no, I'm saying this wrong. Want to sit can be loba, can be greed. Mm. So, when, especially when it's going well, he says it's good to ask ourselves, do I want to meditate or do I want to bliss out or do I want to sit? Like, do I want to be aware? Ask well, the, the new answer is to be aware. <laughs> yeah. Who to be a new answer? Yes, right. Yeah. right. <laughs> because when I'm sleepy, what is I lose all my faith. Uh-huh. A, lot of, a lot of doubt comes up. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. This, this is a waste no, of time. Why should I be doing this? Yeah. You know, I'm saying, "Engai, ne, tu se ka the Dutch se change na ne. Oh, da ya, a day pa la me si u change ko ne malo change." Fix lo ba pio dia ko. Bale? Hey, o pia fix fix lo. Uzi a fix malo ba lo pio dia fix lo se ka lo to lo me a. Oh, le fix lo ne to dia o le la. Hmm. Um, yeah. He says sleepiness is also another challenge. Challenging, yeah. Another uh, vista to be explored, to be understood. Um, another thing to investigate. It's he says it's fun and exciting. <laughs> When things don't go so well, it's much more interesting. When things are just smooth, he says, not so interesting. He says, a challenge is exciting. He says, because na- the nature is that when we have to bring out our energy, we get more energized. He says, when we don't use our energy, we just don't ha- we don't get stronger. He says, if the object never um, pushes our buttons, 
He says, then, and we're not angry, uh, right? We have no aversion because the object doesn't push our buttons. Uh, we don't have to practice. But the objects are there. They're pushing our buttons. And we manage to not have aversion or um, attachment because we understand. He said, that's practice. He says, we hate somebody. Every time we see that person, we feel upset. Um, But when that person is not there, we feel happy. He says, no sweat. That's not practice. (laughs) That's not a miracle. (laughs) But he says, that person is there. And we've worked with our mind, and we are not reacting. That's, That's right practice. That's exciting. Yeah. Challenging, challenging. Yeah, that's challenging. Oh. Yeah. He used to drink alcohol, and he liked drinking. And when he was practicing very hard at home, he uh, eventually got to the point where his mind was like, well, deal with it already. So one day, he put a bottle. It was Chinese New Year. And you know, Chinese New Year, all the families get together and all they, they drink and they eat and make merry. And, and so he decided... Yeah. He was trying very hard not to drink, but he really wanted to drink. And that day he challenged himself. So he let that, that alcohol bottle sit in front of him and he just stared at it. And he watched and watched and watched his mind. He said he watched and watched, he says, until his mind didn't want to drink anymore. He says, he watched and watched until he saw something in his mind. He says, he saw the reason why his mind wanted to drink that alcohol. He says, because it was a very expensive, um, it was a very expensive liquor. (laughs) So the mind thought it was cool. You know, the mind thought that was the thing to, you know, that was the way to go. And he said, when he saw that, he says, the next mind then said, if you drink this liquor, you'll be drunk. If you drink, uh, what do you call it, moonshine, you also get drunk. It's all the same thing. It doesn't matter whether it's expensive or not. It's the same effect. It doesn't make you more, you know, the same. And he said when the mind got to that, suddenly there was no desire to drink it anymore. It saw through its reason. So he says, that's what he means by we have to practice. The object is there and the mind has to practice more. Harder. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Um. Sorry. Later you can put it back. <laughs> okay. I think uh, this discussion, the most significant part for me is about. Um, that there is a strong, um, strong investigation happening, and um, 
And I think behind that, I'm, I'm recognizing the power of strong sila in my practice um, that didn't always wasn't always the case. Um, so that it's uh, when the mind is clear and as momentum builds, um, that it becomes much easier to discern what's wholesome and what's unwholesome. To atomum Yes, that's right. Yes. That's right. So, um, some of my adventures with defilements. Um, <laughs> I practice is strong and, and, and clear a lot, but, but um, I think one of, one of the things that, I, that I'm, I'm just getting underneath um, the subtlety more of the defilements and some of the way... Like the headline for one of them is, um, uh, especially early in the, in the retreat when I'm tired, is how can I get away with as little practice as possible and still get the benefit? <laughs> 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 yeah. So sort of pseudo-mindfulness. Yeah. Um, so just seeing that more clearly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and seeing uh, also the one that this gentleman was working with, or a lot around... Um, not uh, Saida's instruction not to settle for calm or pleasant, but to really investigate. Mm. So seeing uh, seeing where the fork in the road is, you know, bliss this way and learning this way, mm. you know. He says he he used to love the lottery. He said he would buy it without fail. He was a a fan (laughs) until he saw his mind one day, and his mind saw what his um, motivation was. He wanted to put in as little as possible and hope for a huge windfall. When he saw that mind, he realized it really wasn't. The word is not fair. What's the word? It's um, it's not meaningful. Not, they, they were yeah, yeah, it's, it's not fair. Yes, not realistic. That's it. <laughs> not realistic. Yes, it's not realistic. Did you ever win? Did you no, win? he didn't. Huh? Did you ever win? Yes. Oh, yeah. And a little bit only. Yes. ในเรื่องนี้ในยาลูกโซล่ะอย่างนี้ที่บอกเลยเอ่อลองกระซาดมาตัวเบียร์ลองกระซาดมาชงแมงแมดลูกเบียร์เอ่อเอ่อโอ
the same. We're on a losing streak, but we keep trying. <laughs> the wrong way. The wrong way. He said we should stop. He said to another group that day, he says, when, when we get into that wrong groove and we know we're practicing wrong, he said, go home. <laughs> he said, stop. Stop the momentum of the wrong practice. Next day, come back again with one day more. Find another day more. Anyway, we're very young. Yeah. Next, my question is more about um, it's about working with strong physical pain since I've had a lot of opportunity to do that in mm-hmm. recent years, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, you know, I think I'm pretty good at, at recognizing nature is nature until strong physical pain comes, and then I want to act. Mm. You know? Does the strong physical pain come up suddenly, or does it build slowly? Oh, there's been different stories. <laughs> um, it's not yeah. one story. Um, yeah, I've had a few different things. Um, sometimes built slowly, sometimes suddenly. So, um, and some of the stories are, oh, you know, some of, some of them are events that are over and some of them are more chronic. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, sometimes I'm really, you know, I can work with it and other times, I, um, you know, that, the, you know, the, the momentum of practice can, can really just get undercut and, and I just, I just want to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rather than uh, you know, clear seeing. Yeah. To Nachira, Kanako Nachira, or Pimenta, or Pimenta ตัวเอ่อเปียวเรตะคัดลิปิมินทานานายสิกะถั่วเปียเปียเจเนเรตะเปียวเปียวเรตสิกะยุติยะจีอะยานาราลาพิพิลิมาลาลาลาสรุป
One of the things that I've noticed is a big setup for uh, aversion to occur or for something to happen in terms of um, not being right view is planning. So I've realized I do a ridiculous amount of planning uh, for, you know, just for the day during the retreat and it's and it not doesn't helpful. Turn, it doesn't turn all the way. Well, what happens is if something happens and it doesn't go the way I want, then, you know, there's a hindrance uh, yeah. that comes up. Yeah. Um, so that's been helpful to see. And I guess uh, the main question I'm working with right now is having uh, followed the instruction to watch if the mind is, uh, you know, the mind's aware and seeing is the awareness different than the object. And mm. it feels like the awareness is very even and quiet mm. um, and very calm and steady mm. compared to what it's watching. Mm. Um, but I don't want to, you know, leave things lay at sort of a comfortable state. And so I kept uh, watching what all was the mind aware of. Yeah. And so how many things could I see that the mind was aware of? And I was, there was plenty, um, but I could sense that there's more than that. Mm. So there are a lot of things that awareness is taking in uh, that I don't think consciously about. Like, I could tell you roughly the temperature, yeah. what time it is, those yeah. kinds of things. Um, there's this period though, uh, sometimes a lot of excitement happens and sometimes it's just very steady, not much happening. And so I'm wondering if that is in itself sort of a diluted state. Mm -hmm. The idea that, you know, things are going along, it feels like awareness is there, and there's a lot of things going on, but there's not much happening. So then the next step my mind took was, or the mind took was, oh, are you expecting something exciting to happen? Mm. Yes. <laughs> and no, it's, okay. it's not. But I just wanted to see if there's any other way, just staying with that awareness, any other way to cut through the delusion that there's really not that much happening. It feels like mm. a delusion. <clears throat> ไปอ่ะซะเลยไปอ่ะซะเลยโอ้ยัสตุซับเปียวล่ะตุมาออปปอร์ตูนิตี้เนี่ยมีไอ้สิเนี่ยหลุเปียวล่ะตุมาอค
ตุญญาตုံးตัดตุอเปียวเลยตั้งหมดตั้งหมดคนน่ะดาเมียเนี่ยสัวตุปอเนี่ยไม่ตุอยู่จันทร์ไหนหายแล้วเมียไอ้เ
and it could be wise to plan not to rest during the day to sleep at night. But there was an, there was the defilement of um, uh, expecting or sort of viewing that if I did this, this, and this, mm. you know, if I wore myself out with plenty of exercise mm. and I didn't get enough rest, then when I went to bed, I would fall Just asleep. And when I didn't fall asleep, mm. then aversion came up. Mm. And actually, it came up in the form of itchiness. My whole body itched. Oh. And I just felt like I had itching powder or something. It was very itchy. And so then I, I finally, you know, I was so caught in it, I finally picked up uh, Saida's book, and I read the part that said, don't follow itchiness. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> was it just a coincidence? It really was a coincidence. Wow. I happened to be on that section. Yeah. I'm like, โอเคว่าตูบาวเพลนิชาไลเลติล่ะตัวเนี่ยไอ้โลกาอ๋อโลเนกินตุกุตูเปมไอ้ผู้น่ะบรอเอ็กซ์เซอร์ไซส์ไ
and he was constipated for seven to almost ten days. Oh, wow. <laughs> the poor monk, he said to the teacher, what happened to all the food? Because <laughs> he couldn't go. <laughs> the teacher told him, sit, go sit. and sit in Thailand, no, just pay attention to the Anapanasati. <laughs> told him to do Anapanasati. He said, sit on the toilet and do Anapanasati. Forget about going to the toilet. You're not there to, to, to try to go to the toilet. You're there to do Anapanasati. And he went. <laughs> then he said, Allah. Allah. <laughs> 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 It's because he says when we're thinking about doing it, he says there's some anxiety, anxiety and that creates tension. And the way the sphincter works is when you're tense, it closes. When it relaxes, it opens. So don't think about it. Yeah. So I won't think about the story, the picture anymore. <laughs> it's just your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, so okay. He said, "No recording to the video of Yopia." So he said, "The way the intestines work is peristalsis, right? It squeezes one muscle at a time, so that it's pushing the food towards the rectum um, and the anus." He says, and the body knows how to do that by itself. The body does it automatically. He says, for someone who's anxious to go to the toilet, he says, what they're doing is they're getting tense, and the anxiety is squeezing the anal sphincter, the sphincter which closes the, the, the anus so you know, things don't just fall out. And so he says, we're intermittently um, squeezing that muscle, and preventing the food, for the, the waste from coming out. So he says it's almost like pushing it back in, <laughs> upwards. Yeah. And now And he says that's how people get hemorrhoids, because they're preventing the natural waste from coming out. And then, but the squeezing of the muscles starts putting pressure on the the stuff around that area, and that's how hemorrhoids begin. They get piles or hemorrhoids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. 
He says, how do you all know that you're done with the toilet? You can leave now. How do you know? What is the signal? Have you noticed? What is the indication for you? Nothing's there. <laughs> this is a homework. Things that go to the toilet and check He said, next time we go to the toilet, we're going to check. <laughs> he says he's had he said he's had many insights in the toilet he says because he's by himself and he's just you know just yeah open to anything nobody did so open <laughs> okay I'm Ah. Anybody else want to have a last okay. word? Yes, definitely. Um, in the hall, you said something about um, that the mind is solid and the body is solid. Did I say oh, that? Oh, could you say it? And that solitary. Solitary, solitary. Solitary. Sorry, solitary. And that the mind's job is to see the defilements. And that the body's job Friends, what? is is uh, not to seek entertainment. Not to through, seek entertainment. Through people. Yeah. Pe- I was wondering why that's the body and not the mind. And I by look kind of cool. I say my whole area. So when the Buddha talked about being solitary, he meant without companionship. For the mind, the mind's companions are either are the other. Uh, the mind's companions are the qualities of the mind. The mind's companions are the qualities of the mind. So the solitary mind is the mind without the companionship of the defilements. It's still companion with awareness and wisdom and all the good qualities. Okay, that's the solitary mind. Uh, is the wholesome mind basically, and the aware mind and the wise mind. Um, body. Um, he says, Balula. For for the uh, the keeping the body solitary um, is about <clears throat> keeping um, the, the body like um, without the companionship of um, of uh, yeah you know of of other people, and the reason for that. Uh, the, the points he mentioned today are actually a little verse about the conditions that uh, are conducive to the <coughs> strengthening of the meditative mind. That, that's what it refers to. So when the body is solitary in that way, he said, <clears throat> because when the body is always around other bodies, mm-hmm. the tendency of the mind is to be attending outward to mm-hmm. the other people. So it doesn't allow the mind to remain inward and and aware. So like here in the meditation center, we are surrounded by people. But as a yogi, all of us are attending to ourselves, to our own mind. So we are still solitary in body, although we're surrounded by people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So that's why the seeking of entertainment through the company of others, yeah. And and did he mean that the body and the mind are not companions? 
Is that something you said, or that they are? No, you must go back to the yeah. the the purpose of this, and the purpose is that these are conditions that are conducive to the strengthening of the meditative <clears throat> mind. That's all. You're not arguing with whether they are okay. companions to okay. each other or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> This is actually one of the one of the suttas. Ashin Anuruddha, I do not know the name of the sutta, but Ashin Anuruddha. When he became enlightened, um one of the things that he realized was these uh, not, eight things. Yeah, he, he realized in his own practice that these eight quality, uh, these eight conditions, uh, uh, were conducive to his gaining enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he he made a verse about it, and yeah, that's what is in the sutta. Maybe you know this. I don't. Know. Can I, might be in the Anguttara or in the eights. I don't know. <laughs> hmm? No idea. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the conditions for the conduciveness, uh, for the, the conditions for strengthening meditative uh, mind, he says, uh, are variously mentioned in the suttas, and sometimes they're mentioned as eight things, sometimes four, you know, but this is just one of those. Um, Frameworks, yeah. 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 He says, um, in the things he mentioned this morning, he says the main thing he was wanting to get at was the contentment, was that greed is not helpful to practice, you know, that we need to be back in the present moment as it is and, and start there, you know, content to work there with what we have right now. Um, he says all the rest we mostly know, you know, be aware all the time, continuous, samadhi, etc. Yeah, he says uh, greed's tendency is to look ahead, like what can I get? Whereas uh, wisdom's um, stance is to look at what are the conditions I need to fulfill in order for an effect to take place. Okay, next time. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.